Welcome to Otaku Ryoho, Geek Therapy's anime podcast. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the anime we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by John Ramos. Hey, everyone. Now, due to technical difficulties, this is the second time we're recording this. I think yes. this is the first time this has happened to us, right? Um, not a, No, we had, we had the same problem during our, our Cosmic Horror episode. Oh, we had to re-record it? No, we didn't. No, we didn't have to re-record okay, it, but it, we had the it. same issue going on. Got it. Well, re-recording an episode is a rite of passage, so I think mm-hmm. I think this is a milestone that yeah. should be celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of milestones to celebrate, since I don't remember uh, anything that I said last time, or why we even chose this topic from the last episode, I'm yeah. kind of going to uh, uh, take a slightly different... Uh, angle and how I talk about it now. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of celebrating, right, we, uh, Key Therapy celebrating its 10th anniversary. And I was thinking about how uh, 10 years later, we are nowhere near, or, or it, it's nothing like I imagined, like mm-hmm. where we'd be when we started. And, th- and that's kind of the idea here <laughs> that I wanted mm-hmm. to discuss, right? It's, it's different um, anime that started in one place and then ended up in a very uh, different place or just, you know, just this escalation. It's a trend that I, that I, that I saw in a few different shows and shows that I really like. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be um, interesting to explore the idea of one, um, just, just, that that right like just like escalation <laughs> like taking something um from from uh just one idea and kind of um taking it to to an extreme or taking it in a very different direction yeah and uh because anime is awesome it does this in very uh unique ways and and yeah that, that's that's kind of the basis for it we'll, we'll see um where the conversation goes I have a few ideas again if you remember anything that was great uh, very insightful that either of us said last time. Bring it up because <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, okay. It's been um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'll give an example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, uh, you know, one of my favorite shows is, is is still Dragon Ball. The whole the whole series, right? Like I I see them all. So the original Dragon Ball. It's like Goku's a little kid. And, you know, there's like, it's strange why he's so strong and and all these different things. And uh, the show, you know, towards the end has a, has a time skip and, you know, he gets older, but there's still, it's, it's the fighting and the tournaments and all that stuff. And it's very funny. You see people grow up over time, but it is very, uh, it's just like, it is this, it is, it is. It is what you get, right? It's it's just a shonen with this funny character who is always getting stronger. And then they do a sequel series, and immediately they're like, oh, this kid with a tail, he's actually an alien. And there's a full planet of them. And it takes all the ideas from the original show, which is already like it's already like a, a strange world with dinosaurs and anthropomorphic animals and um flying cars but at the same time like i, I don't know it, it's I, I love the world that they built but then again second one we've got aliens 
And it turns out people we knew before were aliens. There's full planets and they're traveling uh, from one planet to another. We spoke in the death episode where you get to see the entire like realm of, of you know, of uh, the afterlife in yeah. different ways. Like it, Dragon Ball Z just takes this one, like this in many ways, a simple premise and show. Mm-hmm. And just like, what? Like everything is so, so um, uh, escalated, right? It's just like we're traveling to different worlds. Um, again, alien races, Super Saiyan, right? Like, like he not only like he like transforms into another form, but that that it, that transformation keeps happening. Yeah, <laughs> and right? they're it's numbered. Like, yeah, level two, right? Super Saiyan three, um, and then and then at some point, there's also time travel, and I don't know, but like the time travel, it's like yeah, you know, I mean, at this point, it's it's okay, but still, it's like it it it's a very different show than the original. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to ignore GT for now. Although GT does, does the same thing. GT um, goes and takes the ideas from Z to the next level, right? It's like, oh, there's Dragon Ball on Earth. And then we knew that from the first series. And the second one, it's like, no, there's there's Dragon Ball on different planets. And then in GT, I, I think it's like, no, there's, there's Dragon Ball uh, that are scattered across the, the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you need to find them. I forgot what they were called. I forget. I think. I think that's right. No, is that right? I don't know if that's true, but it, it escalates. But then in in Super and Dragon Ball Super, there definitely there's Super Dragon Balls that are like the size of planets. Okay, and like halfway through that show, uh, you time travel again, but then you're like, oh no, it's actually like an alternate timeline, and like we can go back and forth, and then and then it's like you meet God. Okay. And then since there's an alternate timeline, like you can, you destroy one of the timelines, but bring the God with you. And then on your earth, there's like two gods <laughs> and they play with each other because they're like a little kid. And so like they're friends and then, and then you have an inter, uh, no, you have a multiverse tournament arc. Okay. Towards the end. Like, like you, you work your way up to, I don't know. How where else you go? <laughs> could go? I don't know where what else they could do. Okay, I don't know how much farther you can go. Mm-hmm. Like at the end, the stakes were like literally like if your team loses in the tournament arc, like once you get eliminated, your whole universe is destroyed. Okay, like I I don't know I don't know what else they could do. I don't know how much higher they could, like in Dragon Ball. There's uh, if there's like oh there's um. There's like this one person who's like in charge of the world, right? But then there's like, oh no, there's a hierarchy. There's like a region. There's different sectors. And this God reports to that other God. And then finally you have like, oh no, no, there's like gods of like destruction. And stuff, but like, no, no, no. There's, then there's like the boss God, like the God. And you're like, okay, okay. So again, I don't know if they can go farther or, or, or escalate anymore. I don't know what it would be. I think they should just like switch to just kind of a slice of life kind of thing if they're going to do <laughs> another Dragon Ball show <laughs> and just uh you know because you know bring it back back to basics I don't I don't know what they could possibly do but I expect that they will do something like that. And that is like one of the most um uh, like exponential <laughs> escalations <laughs> that I can imagine. Yeah. I don't I, I I don't know of another series or I haven't watched another series that does something to this extent. Mm-hmm. So 
if if you know of any uh if any come to mind let me know listeners mm-hmm. if you if you know of any let me know but but there's something there's something that i really like about um the way dragon ball does this right where, where it's like you can you can start here and like look where you can end up it's like it takes this shonen idea of always becoming stronger or like always being able to meet the the threat right that like no threat is too large yeah because in shonen that's kind of the thing right it's like there's a new threat there's a new enemy and they're too powerful so you, you you train or you do something and you get stronger and you get to that next level and then you're able to surpass yeah um and to overcome this brand new obstacle that comes up and again i can't think of any show that does this to that extent where literally like the universe is at stake right it's like you're the strongest person in your universe guess what there's other universes now oh snap that's <laughs> like okay so what do we do how do we go you know how do we go beyond that where, where what can we do and 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 they do things again it's it's the same as many other shonen but the scale is incredible like in super you meet this god of destruction who's like just way too powerful and then um you know goku finds a way he always finds a way to at least get to a point, right, where it's like, okay, he saved everybody. And then when a bigger threat comes along, like, he goes and he's like, hey, God of Destruction, remember me? Can you train me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, of, of course he's going to do that, right? But it's like, it's again, it's the same thing happening ever, uh, over and over again, but it's just the level. It just it just keeps going. I don't know. I love, yeah. I love it, and there's no, I, I can't think of a better example of it. I have other examples but i can't think of a better example <laughs> to illustrate um this idea that i'm that i'm presenting yeah. yeah that's definitely i think the best example that i can think of as well in anime um i think and I'm sort of to rein it back to the discussion and on and geek therapy and it's 10 years part of the beauty of this sort of like world building and storytelling is that it still creates a story that's cohesive for the main character right and it ensures that the character has continued growth even through tougher and tougher stakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an experience that sometimes we can relate to. And there's something that I, I personally always think about. And it's this concept of when I was like in, in grade school, like multiplying seemed like such a difficult <laughs> job for me. And yeah. I remember thinking like, how do people just do this? Just like how do people do mental math and just like multiply numbers just by using, you know, their, their, their basic, you know, thought, they don't really have to like put that much effort into it. And I think that's something that as, as the years have gone by, I've noticed that the things that seemed daunting or terrifying or incredibly hard to me, as the years go by, they seem simpler and the stakes get higher and higher. Yeah. When I was in medical school, I remember I was studying for this test with a few of my medical student like classmates. And my brother by that time had had been he was in his fourth year of medical school, about mm. to graduate. And we're studying for this exam and we were just like stressing out over how much material there was. It was not enough to cram. And and we were overwhelmed with how much information we had. 
And I remember at some point that my brother just like came into the room and he was like, oh, yeah, that's simple. So this is the concept that they're trying to get you to understand this, this and that. And I was like, how do you remember all of this? How can you how can all of that fit inside your brain? Hmm. And now that I'm on the other side, it's like it it seems like so simple and, and it seems to me like so basic. And it's because we often forget how much we're growing throughout any type of process as yeah. we learn things. And what seemed very daunting, it, it seems simple later on. And I think that's that the way that represents itself in, in Shonen specifically, I think it's a great metaphor. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's a few other things about uh, Dragon Ball that I really like, which is, so there's the idea of like, oh, Goku can surpass, like he can go Super Saiyan, right? <clears throat> and the first time that happens, you're like, what? 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 Like he surpassed, like, like what just happened, right? Like he, he's transformed, like his power level is, is you know, it's, it's in another level. It's just, it's just, I, I remember seeing that and it was like, it's incredible. And then once that arc finishes and he wins, immediately after, right? The next arc, like, uh, Vegeta's son from the future shows up as a grown adult and uh, turns Super Saiyan in an instant and kills Frieza again in 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 like 10 seconds in one hit right and the way they play with that right it's it's like what you just said right it's like we saw and we like I mean it's a running joke in anime right that the fight between Goku and Frieza I don't even know how long it actually is but you know I usually say it's like 50 episodes I don't even know if that's true but it might be true <laughs> because it takes so long and like you start moving towards that and he gets stronger and it happens right you're like oh okay now he's powerful enough and he's still struggling right it's still a struggle to do it even though he reaches like, he, he surpasses a limit to be able to get there and, and then they just, and it's not even like they brush it aside. The, the, uh, what I love about it and, and why that moment when Trunks comes comes from the future, immediately turns Super Saiyan and just like kills the same character, right? That took 58 episodes before. It takes five seconds now. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, oh, this is possible, right? Like other people can do this too. Not only, not only Goku. So there's two, I guess there's two other versions of that that I really love in the show. One is the character of Vegeta, who is always like one step behind Goku. But if it weren't for Goku, Vegeta would never evolve. Mm -hmm. Because he's always, in, in a way, and I don't think he'd ever admit that, right? But in a way, he, he, he's able, he, I don't think Vegeta's even able to imagine what the next level of power would be. But he's able to see it because Goku is able to achieve it. Yeah. And and yeah, like like who who would Vegeta be without without Goku? Even like Vegeta knew about the legendary Super Saiyan. It was just a, it was just a legend, but nobody had ever seen something like that before. And when he saw it, he was able to do it, and he he was able to go like move past that, right? But it, it's it's that idea that we talk a lot about at IQ therapy, right? Like if you can if you can't see it, you can't. You can't believe that it's possible, yeah. but being able to see something like that. So, so I, I love that version of it as it's represented by, by Vegeta and, and Goku's relationship and, or, or Vegeta's relationship to Goku in that sense. Yeah. But the other version that I love even more is the kids. 
mm-hmm. right? So you have you have um, we first see it with Gohan, right? Where like Goku dies, right? Um, it, it, in the next in the next arc, and Gohan is able to. He's the first one who reaches Super Saiyan level two, right? He's able to surpass it because like his father did it, so his father was able to teach him how to do it. Yeah. But then it even even better is the fact that Goten and Trunks, who are even younger, are able to go Super Saiyan super early on. And they're able to hit level three when they're still like, I don't know, like six years old or something like that, right? Yeah. It's it's this idea that we can like I don't I don't know if this happened with your brother, right? But but something that, that we can do is we can learn from the people who came before us. There's no reason to 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 struggle as hard again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, I hate it when training programs and 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 even school or, or things like that. They're like, "Well, you got to pay your dues, son. Like, you got to do this. You got to like." But we, but I understand the argument sometimes. But at the same time, why why are you making? If you help me catch up to you, I can then move further than that. Like we can all move further. I agree. So 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 they so they help right they help um it's like goku does it first and then we see gohan do it but then like the little kids like they're able to do it for them it's already easy because they see their parents do it they see their older brother do it and it's like oh i get it it's the same thing with flying right like there's these episodes where it's like oh can you fly like how can we fly it's like oh well i know how to fly i can teach you mm-hmm. right and, and there's like this passing on of of knowledge and information and it's not just the knowledge, but it's the the training and the expertise. It's like I already figured it out. I know the formula. You don't have to do that. Move. Let's move forward because all of us, like in the case of Dragon Ball, it's always there's always another threat coming. So all of them, the the stronger that they all are, uh, the stronger that every individual is, the stronger they all are together, and they yeah. can they can then take on things like in one of the movies like. <laughs> A whole bunch of people come back from the dead, and like Goten, um, uh, Goten and Trunks are fighting Hitler's army <laughs> that comes back from the dead. It is, it is funny stuff uh, in the movies, but but I I love this idea. I I love that they can like it escalates it, but then like that's the new normal. Like now we're here, mm-hmm. right? So now there's no reason for everyone else to be to to not be there. Also, like you're yeah. capable. Let's do it. Let's take it um, to the next level together. Yeah, I I agree. I I sometimes amazed about. I'm sorry. I'm sometimes amazed with the fact that we are in the position that we are in now, thanks to our prior generations. And yeah. sometimes we don't sit down and reflect with that. Yeah. Like we we can't be at the current state in which we, you know, are are questioning the concept of gender, questioning. Uh, having these sort of postmodern thoughts and and thinking even beyond that, if one person did not believe at some point, hey, uh, women should be able to vote, right? And you can trace that line between, you know, all of the advancements that have been done throughout history that led up to this point, and you can see how the ones that came before you contributed to a point where now you're able to do something that they could not conceive possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that that to me is something extremely amazing. And I think it's entirely appropriate for this sort of concept of scale. Mm-hmm. Um for that very same reason, I'm I'm always trying to understand, you know, what are the what brought us to this specific point and I guess that's the importance of knowing history, right? 
yeah, of yeah. understanding, you know, what led to a point where the scale of this problem seems manageable right now. Yeah. Um, I'm in in all of my work in both like geek therapy, mental health, and in um in my uh, current role uh, at the University of Chicago. Th this idea of of history is so important, and it's funny. I I recently had had a meet. There was a meeting, and there was a. I, I think the question was, what can we do regarding? I think it was around the time that the Capitol was attacked. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, it's like, you know, there's a there's a lot of like a racial tension. Mm -hmm. um, there's unrest, like. What can we do to to help, right? Like to to mitigate this um, at the university. That's not the the exact question, but it was something like that. And I remember um, in in the, in the meeting, I I asked. I was like, I can't answer. I I said I can't answer that question without knowing the history of the university, and I I I need to know what the I want to know what worked before. Right, which is something we, we say a lot in mental health, right? That's usually my mm -hmm. go-to. I'm like, you, there's a problem. It's like, what have you done before? And and did any of those things work? They did. Let's do them again, right? But then also knowing what you did and didn't work is also very illuminating because then you know, it's like, okay, so let's not do that again, mm -hmm. right? That's not always like, the best, uh, necessarily the correct answer to not try something that you did before. It's possible that you can do it again. Or you can but do it differently. Yeah. yeah, but 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 in general, right? The idea that like, okay, we did this, we we tried that, and that wasn't the way to go. So let's try a different path to see if we can solve the problem uh, that way. And that's just the the process of learning, right? But once we figure out the the ways that work, there's no reason to keep repeating the versions that don't work. And we do this constantly. And um and so it, in this meeting, the response was kind of like, oh yeah, like we. We haven't. I think I think that the, what 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 was said ultimately was that we hesitate to tell new employees about the things that have happened in the past because we don't want them to um, be. Um, I don't remember the exact word, but it was like it, it was it was some there was some kind of fear about about the new employee learning about what's, what the past and that influencing their decision making in some way or changing their opinion of people or programs or things like that. And I was like, that's, that's, I, I disagree so strongly <laughs> with that. You should, um, I, I, the more transparency you have, the more I can know, I can know who to go to, who not to go to. I know what to do, what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, we, I was doing some research recently and someone, and uh, someone told a member of my team, like, no, no, like the problems that we have today are the same problems that, uh, our students were reporting 30 years ago. It's like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> that means that we have not made any progress. That means, my guess is that means we haven't learned anything, right? So we're we're making the same mistakes over and over again. And for me, that's really, it's, um, that version of this is very frustrating mm -hmm. because wh why, right? Like if you see, if you see me struggling, why wouldn't, and you know what I'm going through and you know the solution to get out, why why not help me out? Why not help somebody else out so they don't have to deal with that? But just in general, even if it wasn't something as negative, just like, I'm just trying to figure it out and I'll, I'll get to the next point. It's like, 
nah, just come, just come up here. <laughs> let's let's skip ahead, and but but we don't do that, and we and we and and it's it's I think it's the blame on both ends. I've been thinking about this a lot, a lot lately. Where um, I gave a presentation last year, I called it "Welcome to the Future," mm-hmm. and uh, basically I had a a chart, right, where I said that like if you're if you're um, on the right hand side of this, uh, it's a imagine a bell curve, mm-hmm. okay. And I was explaining the the it's the technology adoption curve. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this, where it's like there's the the innovators, the early adopters, um, and then at the end it's like it's the laggards, right? It's like whenever a new technology comes in, okay, yeah, this concept that you know very few people, right? So it's a bell curve. So at the beginning, very few people are actually. Um, adopting it and then Mm -hmm. slowly there's a bigger group and then at some point it's like a lot of people right all at once and then at the end there's a few stragglers right who don't have smart who don't have a phone or don't have internet or don't you know just to to be more uh current although the original example was like for agriculture equipment or something like that in the 50s but it's still i think it still holds true and we use a lot of that terminology and so i was using that same model for a number of different things in this presentation Mm -hmm. saying like I see many people now during the pandemic struggling with having to work from home, having to work remotely, having to use software like Zoom, having to, you know, have a a camera where you can see you having a microphone where people can (laughs) hear you. Right. A lot of people are struggling with this because they've never done that before. I'm like, but none of this is new. Mm-hmm. Right. There are people before you. This is why I said, like, welcome to the future. Right. It was like it was like you can you can go. It, it'll feel like you're like you're time traveling, basically, right? <laughs> to talk to someone who's like so far ahead of you. But the truth is, they're not that far. They're not ahead of you in terms of time. They're just ahead of you in times of in, in terms of experience. Mm-hmm. They're actually way behind you in time. And you're the one who's, <laughs> who's who hasn't adopted. Right. But that's fine. You can you can go to those people because that information is already there, and I've seen this a lot where where people I've seen this a lot with students, but I see it a lot in in well different fields and different ways where people will come and want to do something like oh I have this great idea like I remember uh, my ex girlfriend uh, was in a master's program super exciting and then uh, everybody had a reason for why they were there right everyone had a theory mm-hmm. it's like oh i want to come up with this or i want to do this or i want to you know help this group of people with something like this and i remember she would tell me all of these exciting ideas that her that her new classmates had and like half the time i would tell her but that already exists but like somebody already made that mm-hmm. oh oh actually the 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 craziest example of this um personally that I went through was when I was in college um, uh, in Puerto Rico, I, I joined um, like an extracurricular uh, club team um, to, um, I was, I was on an electronics engineering degree, right? So uh, one of the professors had like, you know, like uh, just like he had gotten some grants and we were able to, to tinker and, and just create stuff outside of our program. So I joined a team, and when I join, they're working on this device. The device was a had like a small beeper, uh, like a like a a fob with a button on it, like a, you would um, like unlock your car with, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of fob, and then that would uh, was wirelessly connected to a box, and that box 
would call the oh, wow, I can't believe how old uh how old this sounds now. Um it would it would basically be connected to the phone line and it would call 911 or emerg- or an emergency contact. The idea yeah. was that it was a device for elderly people who live alone so that in case of an emergency, you know, they could they could wear this fob, hit the button and then it would call someone to to come help them. So oh, wow, I'm old. This was <laughs> this is, <laughs> um so so uh, they have this device and they're very excited about it. And I remember immediately thinking, wait a minute, when I was a kid, like at this point, right, like I'm, I'm about to graduate uh, my, my undergrad. So I'm 21 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see it. and I'm like, I remember when I was like five or six years old, there was a there was a commercial on TV for something called a life alert. Yeah. Do you remember these? Yeah. I, they right. still do those commercials, I think. Right, right. It was like um, this older woman is like, oh, I fall I've fallen and I, and I can't get help. up. Yeah, That's yeah. a whole meme. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So mm-hmm. so it's not even like esoteric, right, knowledge. It's not like like super hidden and, and secret. It was like, no, no, like I've, I've, I'm 21. I remember seeing this when I was a, a very, very small child on television. So this is very old. And they were, in, and, and to them it was an invention, Mm-hmm. And I remember mentioning something like that and they were like, uh, I don't know about that. And then the next day, cause I was just like joining the team. And then the next day they had a presentation like in a, in, audit, in an auditorium mm-hmm. where people like applauded at how impressive it was. Mm-hmm. And there were people like, like, like professionals there. Like, no, that's amazing. Like that's a game changer. And I was like, what, where, how, yeah. What dimension am I in? How is this possible? And how did nobody tell this kid to stop <laughs> what he was doing and to, to like invent that again, that saying of like reinvent the wheel, right? Like, why are you wasting your time on this mm-hmm. when you could be learning when you could have just built upon that? Right. Let's say that's what you really want to do. You could have built upon it. Instead, you ended up thinking that you invented something that's not new and and yeah, like I, I go to, you know, I'm, it's been enough years, right? Geek Therapy, 10 years. So, so we've been going to conferences and things for, for 10 years. And so I go to conferences and sometimes like I'll see people do a, do a presentation that I did eight or nine years ago. And I spoke to someone recently who um, is like, yeah, man, I've been doing this for 30 years. And every few years somebody comes in and is like, oh, like I'm, look at what I invented, right? And you're yeah. like, not only is that not new, because obviously I've been doing it for 30 years and a whole bunch of us do it, but also you are making all of the same mistakes that I made 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and some people are super resistant to that. Like for if you're telling them like, hey, we have newer knowledge. <laughs> there's, a new, there's a new revision to the book, you know? Um, I don't know if it's ego or what, but, but yeah. Um, damn, I've been thinking a lot about that. And... And yeah, in Dragon Ball, that doesn't happen because you just go, <laughs> you train the previous people, uh, you train the next the next generation, you train them so they don't make, uh, they don't waste their time. You just like bring them, bring them up. And and again, school, sometimes you'll be like, no, like you need to learn how to do, oh, like I, I, I hope this isn't happening, but like mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll see that there's new ways to do 
that multiplying that you were talking about, right? There's new yeah. ways to do math, and this blows my mind. Everybody has a cell phone now. Nobody's doing mental math. <laughs> but but even the schools when they're teaching math like on paper, mm-hmm. there's new there's like these new strategies, and I'm like, damn, like that's they actually figured out a better way, more efficient way to do it that makes more sense and is and 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 just and just gets you from point A to point B faster. Mm-hmm. I hope that very few students aren't having to learn what we learned before they get they learned a new version yeah. to then, you know, be told, okay, from now on you can use a calculator. Right? It's like, why? 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 <laughs> like, you get a, we get to move so much uh faster and further. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, I spoke for that. Any any uh No, I, I yeah. I'm actually <laughs> I, I'm actually planning on elaborating on absolutely everything you just said. <laughs> But to bring it Good. back to yeah. to Shonen, um, yeah. yeah. So part of what's great about all these narratives is that what Shonen main characters usually do is that they see how daunting, you know, a the increase in scale will be, but they will always face it and they will always find ways to improve upon themselves. To oh, face oh, I, actually, but actually, actually, mm-hmm. they're many times they it's so huge the threat right mm-hmm. that it feels like you said it's daunting but it's often overwhelming and and people can feel um helpless and hopeless mm-hmm. but it takes a character like goku <laughs> or naruto right to be like Nah, I'm gonna go for it. And everybody's like, "No, what are you doing? It's impossible." And they're like, "Nah, but what if I try really hard?" Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it'll take you 30 years. And it's like, but what I if I try harder it. than anybody ever has before? Like, mm-hmm. There's like this optimism yeah. that that is that is is why again it's why Goku's one of my favorite characters. Like, yeah, he's kind of an idiot and all that, but like his optimism and his. I don't know if it's fearlessness. It's more like he's more excited about the potential yeah. to grow and 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 even try something that he's never tried before. Then that overshadows any sort of dread that he could possibly feel from you know from the potential uh, fallout of, of this new threat. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Continue. I just want. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I was actually thinking about food wars. And how Soma always sees that that there's a change in scale, and everybody like can't deal with that change in scale. But Soma's always like, "Let's try it out. Let's do it. Like, give me the hardest challenge you have, and if I lose, then I lose. But I'll at least learn something from it." Yeah. Um, and I think part of what's so hard about older generations to adapt to newer technologies and maybe even like older technologies, is that daunting feeling, that concept of, I can't type as fast as uh, people of the current generation, so why even try to understand Excel? You know what I mean? There's also a fear of like, yeah. I mean, there's multiple fears, but I think think it's it's mostly fear. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of fear or that sort of like being overwhelmed, and that's sort of why these these narratives are so good and so interesting because we let ourselves get absorbed by that by that sort of like dauntingness, 
when it presents itself. But we always yeah. get to see that character just like face it and not care or, you know, just like completely throw themselves and have faith in themselves. And that's something that can be contagious. And I, I spoke about this in our the last episode of our of our previous season where I was talking about food wars and how the main character always found, you know, the most daunting of situations to be something inspiring and something to be like motivating. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I, I love attack on Titan mm -hmm. because the, the Titans are so big. Right. And the first time they attack, you're like, like there's no, every, that first episode is just so depressing. Right. It's like, it, again, it is, it is, I don't know if it's, if the episode is called hopelessness, but that's what it should be called. That's mm -hmm. all it is. Right. You're just like, there's no, what, what can we do? Mm -hmm. But then you skip forward a few years and my favorite, look, I love Attack on Titan for a number of reasons, but I think that my favorite thing about the show is the ODM gear. The fact yeah. that these tiny people <laughs> <laughs> figured out how to take down these giant things yeah. using what they had available to them. Yeah. And it is, it is so like, on the one hand, it is so cool, but it also is just so empowering. Like I see that and I'm like, yes, like I can't imagine it's it's just the resourcefulness, right? Of 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 us, of people, right? Of like, okay, this is the thing. This is what I have. How can I use what I have to move past that obstacle? And I love that version of it. And and in the, you know, in the last season of Attack on Titan, there's this there's a one scene which I won't I won't say what it is, but like it 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 kind of represents this what my favorite thing is, right? What I'm just talking about in a way that just like it it moved beyond um beyond fan service for me it was like it was like i don't know if this is a word but like it was like pornography for my soul it was like it was like it was like it, it just it just like it it was oh it was like it, it spoke to me in uh all the right and wrong ways it was like this is perfection like this <laughs> this whew, okay yeah and i find myself in a similar situation to yours where I recently, I recently graduated med school, right? I am Ooh. currently a doctor, yes, sir. a medical doctor. Yep. And so I find myself in this sort of like um, career academic limbo where I can't apply for residency at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm looking for jobs and stuff, stuff in between. And at the moment, I'm working as a volunteer at a clinic, right? Volunteer meaning like I I don't I, I don't get a salary or anything like that right yeah and uh, I started working thinking about you know I just graduated med school I have all this medical knowledge like that's what I want to contribute to this clinic that's that's the sort of thing that I will find fulfilling but as I started working there I was like the doctor here has the patients handled super well. And more than my clinical knowledge, what this clinic needs is having a technological update mm. and like being able to handle the, the electronic health record. And, you know, I, I suddenly found myself, you know, talking to everybody in, in the clinic and saying, hey, why don't we, we try to do things differently? And... I I notice how daunting it seems for a lot of the staff, mm -hmm. sort of like 
the the concept of switching from what they were used to, which was like a written, uh, everything was written, a written format to an mm-hmm. electronic paper, health record. Like on paper, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I just kept going back to, to the same thought of, you know why I love computers? I love them because I am lazy. And like <laughs> computers allow you to do things at a much more effective and, and, and rapid pace if you know how to talk to them, hmm. right? And, and they let you store things and they let you, you know, automate processes. And suddenly you, you're, there, it takes a lot of effort to learn how it works. But once you do, suddenly half of your work is cut out for you, right? Yeah. And so oh, that's that's actually what I've been doing mostly. I've been huh. I've been helping the this the clinic administrator sort of update all of its services. I'm even teaching the nurses how to use like Windows, how to like minimize and maximize Windows and huh. and like how to close Windows and how to like open up Google and search stuff. And I feel like that the impact that I'm making, just making, just teaching them and giving them those tools is far more valuable than I can, than the work I'll just give them for like a semester of just talking to the patients and then reporting back to the doctor. You know what I mean? Oh man, I I, I love this. Have you, have you ever read the Checklist Manifesto? No. So... Uh, I was talking to someone the other day about this book. It's a, it's a doctor who wrote it and is basically talking about how uh, implementing checklists in the operating room um, was such a small change, but it improved so many aspects of the work. Yeah. Not only did it make it faster, like, like you're, you're talking about saving time, but there's also a benefit in in medicine to having uh digital records right it's it's less likely to you're less likely to make mistakes you're less likely to lose information um like there's there's so many different things right that can so many other benefits that can come from it like you could save lives by by um mitigating some of the risks associated with just having like you know paper records and everybody's you know writing things in with a pen mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that's that's invaluable right and you and you find yourself in a in you were in a place where you're completely limited by what you can do because of because of the profession and the stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm a doctor, but like I can't doctor right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what? So what can I do? And oh yeah, 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 I love that. And that, funnily enough, as I was, you know, working in this clinic, all I could think about was food wars. Again, I keep coming back to food wars. Okay. And okay. it was, you know, there's this there's this series of episodes where every student is given a test that they have to work for a specific restaurant. Yeah, it's like an internship. Yeah, it's like an internship, but like yeah. the prerequisite is not to get a good review, it's to make a notable change during that experience. Oh, you're right, right. you're right. They yes. had they had yeah. to revolutionize that restaurant in one way or another. And it's like a much more daunting task than just, you know, impress people with your with your work ethic, you know? It's but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, it's another shonen. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the same tropes, but the ideas in food wars that are that are that you've already brought up that are super uh, relevant are, you like, Soma shows up and he's different, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is 
at a at not as at a certain level, but like everybody has a, a certain type of expertise mm-hmm. because that's considered the expertise. And he comes in and he shakes things up, right? And 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 when you see, um, I, I love that that part with the internships too because you go to places and then it's it's like it's that idea again where it's like, look, this is the way we do things here. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to learn to do things um, like our way, but at the same time, your your assignment is actually to contribute, yeah. right? And to um, not even contribute, right? Um, to uh, um, like innovate, right? Like, like you, you want to make a con- a new contribution to the place, not just add to the things that that are always um, happening. And yeah, I love that from like imagine, imagine if that was your assignment, right? If they would have, I mean, I know you. That, that's the assignment that you gave yourself, mm-hmm. um, because you're a volunteer and they're not paying you, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but but I love that idea, right? If we could do that, how, how many people ever get that experience, right? To be to be hired and be told like, I mean, I've had that experience before where I was brought on and I'm like, Hey, I know what you can do. Um, that's why but we don't do that here. That's why I want, I'm hoping that you can help us move in new directions or learn something new or do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time we get, we get hired or we get put in a position to just do the same thing that has always been done and not question it and continue to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. That There's no, yeah. I mean, especially like you're working at a clinic, right? Like people, people are being people, sick people are, are showing up and they're being taken care of. And, and you know, it's, it's like the life alert thing, right? It's like, this thing is at least 15 years old, right? Yeah. Why are you making this? Why are you, why are you doing this? There's better ways to do it. It's, and sometimes that's a matter of opinion, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes it's a matter of like research, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, like no, no, we can save money, we can save time, we can be more efficient, we can we can do better for like if our mission is to is to help patients, we can help them by doing this because by doing it the old way, we're not helping them. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that is that? Am I? No, I I completely. That's that's exactly what I was feeling. And to come back to the to the like food wars episodes, like there's two things that I really loved about those, and one of them was that everybody found their own way to contribute, given their personalities, right? Like I can't really recall right now um, the details, but I remember, for example, a, a character that was like he's sort of like a delinquent personality, like that sort of like trope. Mm-hmm. And so they used that to his favor because he managed to rein the the boss's son into the family business when the the, the boss's son was like very like rebellious. He didn't want to participate, and like it's not always. An, it, I think there's some value when you're hired and you're told like we need you to revolutionize this clinic in this way, but there's a whole other value when you come in with absolutely no expectations and you try to do whatever you can with the knowledge that you do have, right? Yeah, and you yeah. try to to make your own contribution that feels like it's your own, right? And I think there's, there's it's just something so valuable. And it's something for me during this whole experience, it's been something rather beautiful when I can recognize right now my medical education, as much as I've invested it, 
into it is not the thing that I think is going to improve the patient's quality of care. Yeah. Right now, what they need is to have a speedier process, to be able to attend to all of the calls that we're getting so that they don't feel like they're being ignored and their questions are being unanswered. And all that type of stuff, you know, it, it really motivated me. And if it wasn't, I think, for the example that Food Wars gave, where that was literally a challenge during the story, I think I would have just gone into that whole experience just like, okay, I'm 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 a doctor, I'm a medical doctor, so I'm going to do the doctor thing. I'm going to talk to yeah. patients and I'm going to, you know, do my differentials and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but having that sort of perspective in mind, it definitely changed the way I viewed what patient care is all about, you know? Yeah, I think you and I understand what a what an electronic health record or an electronic medical record is. Mm -hmm. We've worked, um, in this case, we've worked in different cities, right? We've seen how it's done in different places. Plus, you're a recent graduate, so you learned how to do things differently than possibly a lot of the people who are, stu who, who are there, mm -hmm. right? where you are. And so there's a, there's plus we're both pretty tech savvy. Mm -hmm. um, we, were, we were playing video games the other day on a on PS fives and mm -hmm. you know, like, like anyway, like, like we're tech savvy people who have an understanding of all of this, like all of that together. It's like you're put in a particular situation where you were able to recognize that you could do something different than what was expected of you, mm -hmm. right? It's, um, there, there's, there's like, it bothers me <laughs> to see, and this has been a problem that I've had, uh, at many, many, many jobs where I show up and, um, it's like, oh no, wait a minute. This is again, it's like traveling back in time. We're doing things the old way, but it doesn't have to be this way. And again, some people are very resistant to that, but to have the opportunity to be able to do that, I think, you know, even the opportunity, I don't think is, um, is enough. Like there's a combination of things here that had to happen for, for you to be able to do this. Like people have to trust you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just like an, an intern and recent graduate, but, but like, I'm guessing you were able to make a case, right. And like be, um, personable and be able to 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 argue this right it's like it's a new skill set that maybe you weren't expecting to deploy there but you already have because you've been studying for years right like <laughs> this isn't new to you so yeah. you're I, I, I think a lot of it was like right person at the at the right time kind of thing yeah. right which which isn't always it I mean, I think you're fortunate, but I think they're even more fortunate to have to have you in this moment, right? Where and for it to be you, like it's multiple things that had to come together. Mm -hmm. And I love that one of those things is like, oh, wait a minute! <laughs> I remember in Food Wars, this thing yeah. that really, really stood out to me um, was, hey, before you leave, make sure it's like this idea of like you know, um, uh, leave it better than you found it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I love that saying, right? Like, okay, I came through and it's not like your name is up on a plaque somewhere because you know, you were employer of the month. It's like, no, no, like I did something meaningful. Like mm -hmm. I passed through there and, 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 and it's a little bit better. I left things a little better yeah. than, 
than when I arrived. And and you know that in the end, more people will be taken care of. You know, right? Yeah. That's that's the that's the end goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But huh. there's also you know the the daunting aspect and the curiosity that that you know is infectious in these characters because yeah. one of the things that I faced in my experience in this clinic is that they have a a sonogram machine, right? Yeah. And so every time they they use the sonogram, they take a picture and then within the machine they print the picture out and then they grab that picture and then they scan it to the computer. And inside the computer they look for the file and put it in a patient file. And I was thinking, is there a quicker way of doing this? And over time, I, I just started experimenting with a machine I've never worked with. And it, it, see, it feels very archaic. But I learned that there's a way that you can connect it to your network and automatically send those, those images to the computer. But for in order for me to understand that, I had to literally get get go to the internet, look for the manual because they they, they had already thrown away the manual uh, for the sonogram machine, <laughs> and then I had to sort of find out how to sort of how to do networking. Like, I there's yeah. a lot of like the all those codes like. ICP, whatever. I have no idea about those. I've never learned about how to understand that sort of lingo, but I tried to learn about it so that I could connect the sonogram machine to the computers yeah. within within the closed network of that clinic. And you have to have this mentality where things that seem daunting you actually derive joy from them and you actually derive a sense of like, and like you're incentivized by it, right? Or like excited by it, by by finding new challenges and looking for more creative ways to solve problems. So it's not just that yeah. I came in there with a specific tool set. It's also that I came in there with a curiosity of what can I change? And, and a certain curiosity but also like a like a bravery right mm -hmm. so um i'll give one more example of myself give one more uh tie that back into anime and then i invite you to uh take us into uh whatever the next topic is going to be okay. for for next week i started a brand new job in 2020 early 2020 um i had been working from home for for years it was like it was like ideal the, uh, I started a new job where I was going to have to go to an office. And I did a whole bunch of things to prepare for that. I bought new clothes. I got my hair cut. Like I did all of these things that I hated doing, but I did it because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm up for this. I want to do this new thing. And of course, eight days in <laughs> the pandemic, uh, you know, is here and, and we're sent home and we're told we're going to work from home on the ninth, on my ninth day on the job, we have a meeting virtually it's like has anyone ever worked from home and like know how to do this and so at that moment i could have just stayed quiet and not said anything right but i didn't i raised my hand like you know two weeks on the job nobody knows who i am and i'm like yeah i know uh like i know exactly how to do this i can do this what do you need i have ideas and then i i, I hit the ground running and it wasn't what i 
they didn't hire me <laughs> for for that particular set of expertise. And it has been so so the entire job has been very different than what I expected. Um but it was it was that right like like we're describing or I think I think that what we're saying is that you and I relate to or we have become I don't know if you always were cuz I know I definitely wasn't. I was super shy and I did not like I I was like a keep my head down, not start anything, you know, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't know when that changed. I would also like to think that it was anime that made me this way. <laughs> that it was enough shonen took me to the point where I was like, you know what? No. I'm not going to accept things the way they are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to take on this challenge. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to try something different, even if nobody's ever done it before, even if I'm being told it's impossible. Stop it. Only one person ever did it, you know, generations ago and blah, 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 you know, and then, uh, but we, well, we proceed and we do it anyway. And again, like this is, this is the beauty of what, of, of what we're talking about, right? It's like, no, I don't expect to be, uh, confronted by a, an, uh, multiverse, um, uh, tournament arc where I'm fighting the the strongest fighters of every single <laughs> of every single um, universe in existence, uh, but I do absolutely <laughs> want to go ultra instinct for uh, or at least try to push myself to the limits and see uh, if I can do something about that. Even um, you know, if the scales are much smaller, uh, I. I can totally relate to that. And I, and those, this is why Shonen, um, many Shonen are like, like they inspire me, right? Like to, to, to do things differently. And, and I think, and I think about them all the time. And I'm, I think it was so cool that you also, uh, I'm glad it was Food Wars, man. I, you know, yeah. we can, <laughs> you can go back and listen. You're like, oh, I don't want to watch Food Wars. No, no, no. And then I'm, look at this. Look. Whew, I'll give it to you. From now on, we have to watch what we recommend each other. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't. It's just, it's just, it's just the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's a change in perspective that was much appreciated. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This episode, this conversation is completely different from what we started doing last time and uh i prefer this conversation so much no absolutely i don't even know yeah i don't (laughs) yeah this is so good i don't i don't i mean i'm i mean i'm i'm i feel very proud of it uh but uh yeah again also not what i expected uh this conversation to be i'm very very happy with it um yeah this is awesome okay so it's my turn it's your turn so there's there's a common thread within the last few conversations, right? Mm. And we've been talking about scale, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The first one was like compassion fatigue, but we talked about overwhelming, you know, like dread or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then I talked about cosmic horror, and then you talked about ever-increasing scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep trying to relate this to and succeeding, I would say. And we keep mm, trying mm-hmm. to relate this to our personal experiences, right? Yeah. I'm going to go the complete opposite direction and talk oh. about a small scale. Ooh. So last season, we had a, a genre episode where we talked mm-hmm. about sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about our favorite slice of life anime and 
its value, what what sort of values it it, it holds for us. Are you are you saying? Oh, so so, <laughs> so this is basically uh, I it, it I inadvertently foreshadowed that the next Dragon Ball series should be a slice of life. Like you can't mm-hmm. you can't. We've gone too too big. We went to the maximum scale, so now you want to scale it back. Yeah, <laughs> to the person. Scale it to the person completely back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. And when you say our favorite, our favorite slice of life, you mean um, individually, like our our individual slice of life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought I thought you meant like our like there's a collective like like every, <laughs> you, you know what, what what our favorite slice of life is, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everybody loves okay. fruits basket. It's there. It's everyone's favorite. Basically. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought you were implying. Yeah. <laughs> That well, that's a given. But okay. I'm, I'm asking okay. you to give me your second favorite. Right, right, right. Okay, so 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 next time we're going to talk about uh, slice of life and the the why the slice of life like similar, right? Like uh, yeah. how, how impactful or relatable these slice of life experiences um, yeah. have been, right? Yeah. The the okay. the anime I'm going to bring up is mm-hmm. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Mm, is this your favorite? It's not my favorite. It's Fruits Basket. But I recently watched this series and I loved it okay. so much Okay. that I need to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's why we have an anime podcast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I will do my slice of life homework. Very excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. I wrap it up. It's my okay. It's my it's it's my job today. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Otaku Ryoho. Um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. I hope it's helpful. Uh, you can um, comment on this episode uh, using the link in the show notes or go to the GT forum. You can comment on this and all other episodes of Otaku Ryoho and all other um, content on the Geek Therapy Network. Uh, we will be back uh, soon with the topic that we just said. <laughs> There's also um, links in the show notes to contact us individually. We would be happy to talk about um, everything we talked about here and also uh, what... Um, oh, I got distracted. I'm so sorry. Um, I had a call come in. Sorry about that. Yes, so... <laughs> You can contact us individually uh, and we would love to talk about what we talked about here on this episode or uh, anime in general. Have any ideas, suggestions, um, plant them in our minds uh, so they will uh, pop up uh, semi-organically in future episodes. Just like Food Wars did. Just like Food Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For more Otaku Ryoho, visit otaku.geektherapy.com and... Yeah, do we have we don't have a phrase or nothing to to end on, right? Thank you so much for listening, guys. See you later. Bye. <laughs>